European Heart Journal Issue at a Glance, Volume 40, Issue 32, Focus Issue, Acute Coronary Syndromes, by Editor-in-Chief Professor Thomas Lucia, read to you by Morgan Bryan. Frontiers of Acute Coronary and Aortic Syndromes, Outcomes, Novel Prognostic Markers, and Cardiogenic Shock. Morbidity and mortality of acute coronary syndromes, ACS, has dramatically declined over the last decades thanks to impressive diagnostic and therapeutic developments. When the famous German philosopher Theodore W. Adorno died after a visit to a Swiss mountaintop 50 years ago, the hospital in the town of Fisp, where he presented himself with severe angina, had not much more to offer than an ECG, nitrates, possible heparin, and tender loving care. In spite of all the progress, the cardiogenic shock, be it due to infarction or Takotsubo syndrome, remains an unresolved therapeutic challenge. As outlined in the review article, Management of Cardiogenic Shock Complicating Myocardial Infarction, an update, 2019, by Holger Thiele and colleagues from the University of Leipzig in Germany. They remind us that cardiogenic shock remains the most common cause of death in patients admitted with ACS. Unfortunately, during the last two decades, mortality has remained nearly unchanged, in the range of 40-50%. to 50%. Early revascularization, vasopressors and inotropes, fluids, mechanical circulatory support, and general intensive care measures are widely used. However, there is only limited evidence for any of these treatment strategies, except for target artery-only revascularization, and the relative ineffectiveness of intra-aortic balloon pumping. This review updates the state of the art in the management of cardiogenic shock complicating acute myocardial infarction. Precise risk stratification of cardiogenic shock is another unmet need. It could guide interventions to improve patient outcomes, as discussed in the research article Protein-Based Cardiogenic Shock Patient Classifier by Antoni Beas-Genis and colleagues from the Hospital Universitari Germans Trias y Pujol in Badalona, Spain. They developed a score of circulating proteins to predict short-term mortality among such patients. Out of the 2,654 proteins, 51 proteins were used in the card shock cohort of 97 patients. Interestingly, a combination of four circulating proteins, cardiogenic shock 4 proteins or CS4P, discriminated patients with low and high 90-day mortality risk. CS4P comprises the abundances of liver fatty acid binding protein, beta-2 microglobulin, fructose bisphosphate adolase B, and serpin G1. Within the card shock cohort used for internal validation, the C statistic was 0.78 for the card shock risk score, 0.83 for the CS4P model, and 0.84 for the combination of card shock risk score with the CS4P model. The card shock risk score with the CS4P model improved reclassification as the IAB shock 2 risk score combined with CS4P. Thus, a new protein-based cardiogenic shock patient classifier, the CS4P improves prediction of short-term mortality risk stratification in combination with contemporary risk scores, which may guide clinicians in selecting patients for advanced therapies. These clinically important results are further discussed in an editorial by Anthony Gerschlich from the Glenfield Hospital in Leicester, United Kingdom. The microbiome and its metabolites have attracted increasing interest also in cardiovascular medicine. In particular, trimethylamine N-oxide, or TMAO, 
derived mainly from red mead, predicts both severity of coronary artery disease and outcomes in stable and acute coronary patients. Trimethylazine or TML serves as a nutrient precursor of the gut microbiota-derived metabolite TMAO, which predicts cardiovascular risk in stable subjects. In a fast-track article entitled Trimethylazine, a trimethylamine N-oxide precursor, provides near and long-term prognostic value in patients presenting with acute coronary syndromes, Stanley Hazen and colleagues from the Cleveland Clinic in Ohio, USA, evaluated plasma TML levels in patients presenting with ACS. In 530 patients from Cleveland with suspected ACS, elevated TML levels predicted increased risk of major adverse cardiac events, or MACE, beyond traditional risk factors or indices of renal function. TML levels also independently predicted long-term MACE and mortality, even amongst those persistently negative for cardiac troponin T, or TNT, at presentation. TML further provided additive prognostic value in combination with TMAO for MACE, even among patients negative for TNT. The clinical prognostic values of elevated TML levels were replicated in a multi-center 1,683 Swiss ACS cohort. Thus, plasma TML levels, alone and additive to TMAO, predict both short and long-term risk in ACS patients. These novel findings are put into context in a thoughtful editorial by Gabriela Schiattarella from the University of Texas Southwestern Medical Center in Dallas, USA. Neutrophils have both detrimental and beneficial effects on myocardial infarction, but little is known about the underlying pathways. S100A8 forward slash A9 is a pro-inflammatory alarmin abundantly expressed in neutrophils that is rapidly released in the myocardium and circulation after myocardial ischemia. In a basic science article, inhibition of pro-inflammatory myeloid cell responses by short-term S100A9 blockade improves cardiac function after myocardial infarction. Goran Morinkovic and colleagues from Lunds University in Malmö, Sweden investigated its role in the innate immune response to myocardial infarction. In 524 ACS patients, they found that high S100A8 forward slash A9 plasma levels were associated with lower left ventricle ejection fraction, LVEF, at one year and increased hospitalization for heart failure. In wild-type mice with myocardial infarction, treatment with the S100A9 blocker ABR238901 during the inflammatory phase of the immune response inhibited hematopoietic stem cell proliferation and myeloid cell aggression from the bone marrow, reduced neutrophils and monocyte-slash-macrophages in the myocardium, promoted an anti-inflammatory environment, and improved LVEF. Compared to untreated mice, ABR238901 significantly improved LVEF and cardiac output by three weeks after infarction. Thus, short-term S100A9 blockade inhibits inflammation and improves cardiac function in murine models of myocardial infarction. As an excessive S100A8A9 release is linked to incident heart failure in ACS patients, S100A9 blockade might represent a feasible strategy to improve clinical outcomes. A hypothesis that is further discussed in a balance editorial by Nikolaus Frangogianis from the Albert Einstein College of Medicine in New York, USA. Acute aortic syndrome may, similarly to ACS, present with chest pain, dyspnea and or syncope and sudden death and therefore represent a diagnostic challenge. The underlying cause may be intramural hematoma as well as type A or B dissection. 
This aspect is further investigated in the article Differential Clinical Features and Long-Term Prognosis of Acute Aortic Syndrome According to Disease Entity by Jae Kwan Song and colleagues from the University of Ulsan in Seoul, South Korea. Of 1,012 patients, 672 had aortic dissection and 340 intramural hematoma. Compared with aortic dissection, those with intramural hematoma were older and more commonly of female gender and with distal aortic involvement. In-hospital mortality of acute aortic syndrome was 8.6% and in type A aortic dissection 15%, in type A intramural hematoma 8%, in type B aortic dissection 5% and in type B intramural hematoma 1.5%. During 8.5 years aortic dissection and type A hematoma was associated with a higher risk of aortic death. Thus the clinical feature response to treatment and outcomes of intramural hematoma are distinct from aortic dissection. Both early and late survival was better for intramural hematoma than aortic dissection. In addition to the anatomical location of acute aortic syndrome, the disease entity is an independent factor associated with both acute and long-term mortality in patients with acute aortic syndrome. These results are put into context in a thoughtful editorial by Janet Powell from the Imperial College London in the United Kingdom. The editors hope that this issue of the European Heart Journal will find the interest of its readers.